0: All right, word. Podducer. Podducer. Dude, I can't believe you remember that tag. That's hilarious. <laughs> Maybe I'll throw it in. I don't even think I have that tag anymore, honestly. You got to drop like,
1: it in like the MLS like air horn. Dude. Pop pop podducer.
0: I dude, I had so much stuff like that, but then I was like, it's kind of corny, I don't know. But anyway, cheers. Cheers. Oh. We don't need... uh, Yeah, we can touch. We can touch. Yeah. (laughs) Yo, this episode we'll call like orange glasses or yellow glasses. I don't know. Do you fuck with the yellow variant as well? Are those yellow?
1: Yeah, these are very yellow. Okay. They make life very blissful.
0: So this is a good place to start because I'm very curious about this. (laughs) I started rocking these glasses on like rainy, shitty days because it literally made the day brighter, and I don't know, man. I just love them. Like it's just a better life for some. I feel like I'm in a Wes Anderson movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, it it's definitely a big serotonin uh, serotonin booster. Um, yeah. But I initially got them because a couple of years ago I got into a really bad skateboarding accident. Really. So it like I couldn't like look at computer screens for too long without getting like major migraines. So then I was like, all right, well, I don't want to be on a bunch of ibuprofen. It's not healthy. So uh, I like started wearing these and then kind of more or less, they just took over the rest of my life. I like wearing them at night while driving or I wear them like in the daytime as normal glasses because they pretty much do overall protection for everything. Uh, Do
0: they have UV and stuff or? Yep. Yep. Nice. Uh, it's
1: got some nice UV layers to it. So it these ones, really well.
0: five bucks, Amazon, uh, UV protection and polarized. They're not very good at blocking out light. Like if you're driving and the sun is setting, you're kinda just like, fuck, it's still really bright. Yeah. But,
1: oh yeah. The same thing with these. If it's like right at sunset, it can be really like painful. Yeah. Uh but of course I just try to put my folds down and uh let that kind of block some shade right there
0: yeah that's that's the move damn dude well fuck i mean going back like so you skateboard i used to skateboard too but i was never really like that great i would just do games of skate like in the alley yeah mostly flat ground but was there anything you specifically skated
1: yeah, um, I was a big vert skater. Oh, um, really? Okay. Yeah, I don't skate no more. I wish I did, but nowadays I mostly just be kayaking and bike riding, like yeah, s- stay like active with it. But I don't, uh, yeah, I don't skate anymore, sadly. Um, Dude, I mean, I get
0: it. Like, if you hurt yourself, it's just like, ooh, I don't want to do that. Every time I get on a skateboard, I like do some shit, like fall in a we- like. I'm just not.
1: And that's the thing. It's like I've I've fallen a lot. Like I've learned to like kind of roll with it. Yeah. But the one time I just – because I was on a brand new board when it happened. So I didn't quite have my footings in with the balance. And, yeah, I smacked my skull on the pavement. Damn, bro. And hospitalized and try to learn how to walk again and stuff. It Really? It was so Fuck, trash. Fuck, man. I wasn't even trying to do anything cool, man. Like I was like going fast just trying to – go to my uh like skate park and fell back and because i i didn't know like what the center balance of my weight yeah. was on the board since i just got and built it yeah um and i still keep the board still my favorite uh christian hosoy like hammerhead deck word but yeah uh, that didn't go too well that's crazy <laughs> man yeah
0: no i've if i like got back on a board i'd be wearing like a helmet and like shin pads and knee pads and all that shit bubble like, wrap yeah just everything like elbow pads and yeah man it's crazy like i just i'll like flick the board out and it'll just like come back and hit my shin and i'm like and that's the day i'm done like fuck <laughs> fuck this like so yeah back damn. to back to the gamecube <laughs> yeah exactly like back to just doing something safe um all right man well i i First, let's do a little introduction, just because I always forget to do that. <laughs> if you'd like to introduce yourself, that'd be great.
1: Yeah, so what is good, uh, people of the internet? My name is Kiefer Ian, <laughs> and I have been producing uh, dance music for over, God love us, like 10 years now. Uh, I I, 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 at least have the badge rights to be like making heinous claims on the internet about my experience, so catch me in the DNB boomer section of the internet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> do you play DNB or oh, I was thinking DND DNB. Yeah, I do Word. play DND with yeah, some friends a whenever bit. I can. Yeah, okay, okay.
1: Um, I got to find some new peeps out here to do that with in Chicago. Um,
0: I have a crew. Just yes. saying.
1: All right, De- definitely noted there. But um, yeah, I've been uh, producing music and DJing for quite some time even though I'm only like 27. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But I've had a fun journey and I've uh, kind of dipped in different genres and uh, kind of find my pocket in all this time. And now I'm ready to do the next exciting chapter of it, being here in uh, good old Chicago.
0: Hell yeah, dude. Well, welcome to Chicago. You just moved like a week ago, technically, something like that.
1: Yeah, it's literally been like a whole week.
0: Um, <laughs> sorry about that. We'll just do that like interruption screen where it's like Bee-doo-doo. um, now that we got a little bit of a backstory, and uh we are here now with no interruptions. I'd like to ask you an an icebreaker question, even though I feel like we've had a couple um and that is. I wonder if you remember this part of the show. What was your first concert?
1: Oh man, um. My first, like, real concert that I went to, I know it's not really, like, I'm even questioning it myself, for sure, but um, I went to Kanye West's Glow in the Dark tour with Lupe Fiasco and N.E.R.D. opening up. That's sick. Oh, (laughs) my God. For a first concert? Oh, sorry, sorry. DJ A-Track was also like a track yes the a track was playing this show as
0: well it was uh, it made up so much of who i am (laughs) no it sounds like it would because that i mean that was like the first thing with like a big sound system there's like these iconic people on stage they're all that sounds like in a prime time was that what era album kanye was that
1: that was right when he released Graduation. Uh, and he did a bro. stop in Cincinnati, Ohio. And uh, Rihanna was supposed to play it as well. Uh, but she canceled for some reason. Either way, I got Damn, to see <laughs> Ferrell Williams and Lupe Fiasco. Like, that to me was so hype because I really liked them. But then, of course, seeing Kanye up on stage, like, just blew my mind because it wasn't just him playing only graduation he was playing like everything like discography wise and yeah. then at some point he was doing these crazy ass theatrics where he's like fighting a dragon in space <laughs> on stage and he gets eaten and like kills the dragon <laughs> it Damn. <was> so tight <laughs> yeah damn it was such a cool stage and yes i was wearing shutter shades i was, I was a gonna shutter ask shade kid dude <laughs> if,
0: if only we could just cut right now and then just have the shutter shades on like if i had some we would do that but
1: man if i could find them i i think i i got rid of them a long
0: time ago can you see like okay out of them or is it out like, of shutter shades yeah i mean i don't Maybe. I wouldn't Maybe? Drive. I wouldn't
1: drive with them. I wasn't driving back then, but, man, if were I Were did... you
0: watching the concert through the Shutter Shades?
1: No, I did not have them back then. And okay. to get them at the concert, they were charging, like, 40, 50 bucks, and I just did not have that in kid money at the time.
0: I feel like I have to ask the mandatory question about, like, how do you feel about Kanye now?
1: Definitely, he's off his complete rocker. I mean... I obviously like there was a time when he wasn't and I really cherish that era still. Um, but I'm at least understanding of the fact that he's said some very odd things and questionable things about people and even kind of people related to my family. So I'm like, what are we doing
0: now? Like, yeah, it's getting, I think the
1: big problem is, is like the people he has around him aren't really like, there for him i Mm. think that's a big key that a lot of people are missing on on uh not to get too deep into it but i feel like if your circle is not there like making sure you're good and keeping you in check yeah that's definitely a red flag and they're there for material things and that's possibly what's going on in his yeah they're like
0: say some crazy shit (laughs) like that would be better because like saying people
1: be like bro Don't be like posting this like conversation, like, and then he's clearly just like acting without thought,
0: yeah. And I think he's kind of throwing shit at the wall to see what sticks almost. It's just like, oh, oh, absolutely, that didn't work out. Okay, cool,
1: yeah, absolutely. He's definitely just throwing anything to see what works and what doesn't. And (laughs) I hope he's evaluating what's happening because there's
0: a lot. I still respect the fuck out of him for his artistry. I just feel like he's been in it for so long that he just can't. It's like he's been in it for so long. There's no way to know which way is up. And maybe if he had a good crew being like, yo. Like if
1: you don't have a supportive people, like because that's what happens with like a lot of like people who have OD'd or have like got into some like sketchy stuff with the law and whatnot. Like if the people are around you are not helping you in a healthy manner uh then you know they're only there for something and it ain't that yeah and that makes sense and then also too i think a part of it is Kanye's just completely like (laughs) cut so many of those healthy people off yeah so i mean it's so hard to say because we're just people behind a screen looking at this catastrophe we we don't know we don't know what's happening behind those doors but i'm sure that's probably one of the center blocks that are behind this thing that's going on right now
0: for sure okay just for some clarity um you know we have halloween coming around the corner <laughs> bless my favorite um, time of the year <laughs> is it
1: oh, i love this time of the year It's is it's so much it's so much fun
0: the fall weather is very nice although it's fleeting um, let's just do like a do you fuck with scary movies absolutely yeah All right, let's like, do like uh, a top three
1: <sighs> top three top three top three um let's see i really liked a personal favorite for me is the ritual uh mm. it's on netflix it's a it's a pretty pretty scary one about like four guys whose friend died mm. so they do like a a, a monumental kind of a hike through the swedish woods and end up encountering a norse god oh boy it's it's pretty tight um that's that sounds pretty
0: sick i've never seen that one i'm gonna definitely check that one out.
1: it's a fun one like it's not like jump scare corny like there's just moments where you're like this is eerie yeah have you seen the witch i have the witch. Ah, shoot, I should should have mentioned the witch before the ritual. Now that I think about but it, but I was. But kind of the of, witch. It's very like same vibe. Similar. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Although that one's the not witch really is scarier,
0: like. I would say. There's parts that are scary, but it's just that you're like, what the f-? like? This is just
1: wild. But I think, yeah. like when it comes to horror movies per se, mm. uh, I really like uh, like Lovecraftian kind of horror, like body horror, sci fi kind of stuff. Mm. Um, I would really say I really enjoy Annihilation. and though it's oh, not like typically a horror movie in a sense, yeah. But like, it's one of those like movies that kind of takes the obvious, like weird stuff is happening but also paints the allegory of going into the main character's personal life and seeing how that reflects into it. Yeah, Um, like
0: their fears and stuff come into Translation of the
1: place that they're in. Yeah. That kind of stuff is really dope to me. I like that. I like that too, yeah. Okay. I I don't like ghost movies. Ghost movies kind of bore me.
0: Interesting.
1: But I do like... (laughs) uh, What's it? The island? Uh, what's the one Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio? He's on. Oh yeah, like, the
0: Shutter cycle. Island. Yes, because that one's like psychological.
1: That yeah, that's why I yeah. like that
0: movie. Yeah, for sure. That's a good one. Um, I I feel like nothing is scarier than aliens, dude. Aliens. You know are what I mean? Because once aliens come get you, you're fucked. Like there's nothing you can do against an alien. I like Prometheus
1: too. Prometheus was really cool.
0: Yeah, the visuals of that were crazy. I wish that the film the alien film after that was better covenant yeah covenant the, the
1: lead-up to that was pretty trash but yeah. at least to kind of see how it like started yeah. was like well makes my uh alien viewing experience like a lot more grounded
0: and for sure for sure i, really I just felt how like they took it yeah and like this is not a movie podcast but you know it's spooky season
1: oh yeah you got it you got to men-
0: give the honorable mentions I feel like I wanna I want to listen to one of these tracks. I wanna listen to some music of yours so then people can get a little taste and know what's going on. So is there anything you wanna say about this track before we just like get into it?
1: Yeah, so the reason why I sent this track over uh, is because I feel like it kind of stands as a pinnacle of what I'm doing with UK Garage, but here in Chicago where um i kind of take the og chicago house influences and uh give it a little uk garage twist to it um i think yeah that's pretty much why i wanted to put this one out and plus it was kind of a big release for me being on beast wing since this is uh my first track with them and yeah i definitely love playing this one out and it's got a really fun atmosphere and really yeah, nice this little w- baseline and
0: this one's bumping it's got like three different styles kind of in it or like when the yeah, we'll we'll just play it. Hell yeah. but i won't fall cuz i won't fall that i have under the system but i won't fall cuz i won't fall that i have under the ms system but i won't fall cuz i won't fall so hard <laughs> I love those alarm sounds. What? You want another beer?
1: Uh, yeah. I would love another I beer. I got you. And the drops, uh, use the iPhone app for that.
0: (laughs) Really? Yep. Interesting.
1: Had to expand my creativity a little bit with it. Dude, there's
0: a lot of good music production apps for like iPad and iPhone. That Ableton link. The IK Oscillator
1: on this. Oh, yeah. I ain't had a lot of empty spells, but I won't fall, cause I won't fall. sample packs i just tore through just to like cut up and like throw in here for sure
0: We'll let it play out.
1: Yeah, this is this one's so much fun to play out.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I feel like I know this, but I don't fully know it. So maybe you can elaborate on it. And yeah. that is what, like, because I feel like to the untrained ear, that's house. But what makes it more garage or like bringing the garage element into it?
1: Yeah, so primarily garage, uh, like, off-bat, people recognize it, like, from hearing the the two-step to it, so not necessarily the four four on the floor. Although, the thing I would say that makes it at least garage-influenced is the fact it's got, like, some drum perks and some snares and hi-hats that I kind of threw in there that are a little bit more triplet or offset to the normal groove, Uh, That fills in kind of those rhythmic spaces that normally the, I don't know, the chords or just like other shit would fill. But like with Garage, it's like having that filled in and kind of shaking it up uh, is normally what kind of defines that when it comes to like the 4-4 sound. Mm. Um, But yeah, that's normally like two-step, that two-step rhythms and the triplets kind of filling that in is normally what primarily builds up Garage.
0: Yeah, because I could definitely hear what the perks, like, or, like, the, because, like, a garage rhythm is, like, boom, -boom -boom like, Like, there's definitely a lot
1: of overlap. um, Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of goofy to sit there and gatekeep and be like, this is how, this is, is." yeah, no. Because there's obvious, like, when you hear it, you hear it. Like, you kind of know
0: at that point, but. um, I think genres, they don't really matter, but. There's so much overlap. I like talking about them because it's it's just like funny to because people will get into arguments about these kinds of things or just be like Like, i don't really care
1: about genre all that much unless it becomes like more of like a cultural talking point because then at that point you do have to give respective props of what the hell you're talking about uh because nine times out of ten it always follows back to either this city or across the river over or not the river, but the lake at Detroit, Detroit. Yeah. So for sure, it's always one
0: of those two cities that uh,
1: primarily puts on for everything else that happens
0: for the dance stuff. And then we got like dubstep, which is maybe we could thank like reggae (laughs) or like, I mean, yeah, really you
1: can think like
0: Jamaica, Jamaica and reggae
1: culture and everything in that light. Um, But I guess for like more of like,
0: I guess bro step, you know, (laughs) Skrill, (laughs) you could thank Skrill for that. (laughs) Skrill a hundred percent. I, uh, I'm curious about just, you said you used to work at guitar center. It's just, I'm just curious, like what working for a big gear company and like, if there are really any things that it's like, Ooh, that is kind of crap or like, I don't know. I mean, yeah, there's a lot
1: that's like stressful about it and that there's like corrupt about it here and there. But, like, at the end of the day, uh, it was a great job when I worked it. I loved it, uh, honestly. I had really good, supportive people. I also had some people that didn't really care, but as expected, you're, when you, yeah. when your corporate base is made up of musicians, what the hell else do you expect? <laughs> you got people that want to, like, do music full-time, not work at a guitar center. yeah. Um, For sure. But, you know, you just kind of have, like, that, like, kind of sentiment. But I think, like, there's definitely a lot of positives that I had working there. Um, it definitely opened my eyes up to a lot of how the gear industry works. Yeah. Uh, so it was really cool to kind of see, like, what kind of design things are coming in what new things we're getting ready to go up on the market because we get like some presentations Mm. and like features of like stuff that's coming um also i also learned the hard way as well sometimes if you hear about those things early and you speak upon it on social (laughs) media uh sometimes if you speak those in the right spaces, those people who work for those companies may come to find you and uh, make sure you shut the hell up. So we don't want to do that. Yeah. um, Fair enough. I'm not going to go further in that one, but it was so funny when it happened. Um, Yeah, but no, it was cool. It was really cool just to get to talk to a bunch of dork ass people like me who just love making music and, my goal there was to get as much music gear in people's hands, and and that was it. Um, I initially just left because it wasn't enough money. And for what kind of work I was doing there, I felt like I was getting breadcrumbs compared to what I was netting for the company annually. So I was like, I can do this somewhere else and, like, damn near see six figures. Like, Yeah. I feel like – so <laughs> like, was, it,
0: uh, was it sales? It was a, a sales it? position. Because I feel like that stuff – At least from my perspective, it sells itself in in a lot of senses that you're like, yo, I want that piece of gear. I want because it's like
1: that sounds out of 10 people know what they want. And then you call and then they don't know, Uh, you know, I listen to them. I qualify them as much as I can mm -hmm. try to figure out what their wants and needs are, figure out budget. Honestly, I don't really try to focus too much on budget, like because that's how you can upsell Mm -hmm. um but mostly just like listening to people and like talk to them get to know them it's really like how you do well with that kind of a job or really any sales job is get to know your clients figure out what their goals are what they're doing like yeah it's it's really like building those relationships with people is
0: what matters for sure and i feel like there's also this sentiment that You know, if you buy crap, it's probably going to end up, like, breaking down or whatever. Like, there's certain areas where you can buy things that are cheap, and it's perfectly fine. Here's
1: a fun little thing, since you've mentioned that. Um, I fully believe that most of Guitar Center's corporate's, like, overall revenue mostly comes
0: from our pro coverage, really they're all i'm always guilted into like being like yeah i need that we pro we still coverage. owe money to like
1: the pro the manufacturers and stuff that we'd sell from uh-huh. so like our pro coverage is essentially just takes extra money with like zero margin the only real margin i guess is like if the customer happens to call and use that protection plan and gets their stuff replaced then at that point it's no cost to us so yeah. we're more like an insurance company than a gear company, wow. really, oddly enough.
0: That's crazy. So, like, I'm sure that there is a lot of way to risk and stuff in that where it's, like, you know...
1: But I, I think it's worth it. I'd you like, think it's worth it? For- oh, absolutely. Like, if you're spending, like, several thousands... I've had people call me. They'll, like, get a CDJ set up oh, and, yeah. like, spend, like, six, seven, eight thousand dollars $8,000 on it. And I'm, like, okay, so it's a big setup. Uh, what are you doing with it? Uh-huh. And you will just be like, "Oh, like just I'm like going to be I'm going to be putting this in my in my in my bar that I have um, I have DJs that come through and stuff." And I'm like, "Yeah. You going to cover that cuz I'm assuming if you're spending this much your DJs are going to be doing some pretty phenomenal stuff with a rowdy crowd." And they'll go, yeah. uh, I don't know if I'm, I I might just use my insurance." And I'm like, "Yeah, well I bet your insurance doesn't cover this and this and this." which our protection plans do yeah easy win
0: yeah easy win which also that makes sense though Yeah. right like i mean if someone spills a beer on your CDJs, like we cover not, it not good yeah it's not but we cover it yeah so that makes sense so i'm sure that there's certain things though where it's like yo that shit's not breaking like i'm like an sm57 or something like that shit's not breaking no (laughs) i mean you can but like you can but i've heard like stories where it's like yeah you can nail like you can put a nail in a wall with that thing it's good you can bury that shit in dirt and it's fine (laughs) like
1: yeah i mean they built them nicely like when it comes to pioneer stuff or like anything like that for sure i always recommend protection plans or if people are like buying guitars uh, especially yeah. if they're like doing gigs read if they're keeping this stuff at home like cover it dude it's like buying a used car or like a new car like why the? Why would you spend that money and not have like some overhead protection on it cause like yeah. this is a cruel world the worst does and has happened
0: yeah how much are you I mean just cause like sales is you know sales is sales Yeah. Um, but like I also do believe that if you're gonna buy things, you should buy something that's like pretty good. Like again, there are certain things that you can kind of yeah. skimp out on, but other things like you should buy the quality shit because you're it's gonna like end up breaking, something's gonna happen, and you're gonna be like, wow, I should've just bought that nice thing first.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I'll definitely like tell people to get like better quality stuff, especially when it comes to like PA systems. Mm. Like, we have our proprietary brands of, like, PA systems. Like, venues will hit me up and be like, yeah, I need some new tops for my main stage. Need some floor monitors. Uh, What do you got for me that's in stock? And especially with this past couple years, it's been really hard to get stuff in stock. Um, But, like... I always like try to like tell them, hey, are you able to wait it all on a back order? If not, I at least have some other options. And at that point, it's just kind of a negotiating game. But if I really like try to keep quality insured, I always try to present that first and mm. um, work best as I can with it.
0: What's like, if we just go through some different things like headphones or like PAs, what's like the main brand that you're selling that like you would ideally sell or like that you would buy yourself? Personally, and that I think lasts really well. JBL's, uh,
1: JBL's yeah. are really good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because also too, like there's certain brands we can't discount as well. Mm. So like I've tried to avoid those
0: unless it's like for sure what the customer absolutely needs. So there's a little bit of like a pull where it's like I want to sell you those because those. Yeah, are... it's like if,
1: I, if there's any opportunity where I can get stuff for you cheaper, like shit, I would love to do that for people. Yeah, Because, like, it's crazy money that stuff Dude, is. Dude, shit's
0: expensive, man. Like,
1: especially with how, like, price gouging. I will say, like, working for a guitar center, it was really interesting to see how we started essentially price gouging. Especially when tubes went out uh, because of the Ukrainian, like, war there. Oh, oh wait my...
0: that was a problem because was ukraine a big supplier of tubes
1: yep a lot of tubes uh came out of ukraine and russia so mm. we had yeah a couple of co- distributors and companies out there that would make them but like when that war started we originally had like uh 12 ax7s going for like 40 bucks a pop There were like at one point we were selling them for like 220 a pop Mm. It was That's insane. Wild, yeah. And at a point we literally just had to pull the inventory because it was so in demand. Everyone started panic buying. Yeah. So we had to like just get grab hell some out for it.
0: yourself and like slowly let them go. Like or... It was
1: literally maybe like two days that we had those 12 AX7s up for as much as we did because yeah. we were literally competing with everybody else and boutiques that were selling them. And then we just said, pull it
0: i know so when i went into a guitar center recently i was looking at, i think they're back
1: now but we have domestics only
0: hmm. okay so there are two there's like still tubes made in yeah the they're
1: still like if you need 12 ax7s you can still get those uh, but i think they're you may find russian ones i don't know because i mean i've been out of the company for like two weeks now so they may be back
0: are the ax7s just like amps yeah they're mostly
1: primarily used as amps and like used in like head units for guitars and bass cabinets and stuff like that
0: gotcha so this is actually fascinating to me because like during the pandemic there was like a whole new wave of let's buy shit that is not being distributed as much And, and then also there's just like an element of you know like these microphones like everyone's got a podcast right yeah like these uh, microphones i wonder if there was like a shortage at any point or absolutely. like s- certain things so sure sm 7 bs
1: sm7b's, SM7Bs and, were on at one point back ordered for like three months out really yeah uh like back orders for like pretty much anything Pro audio studio it was pretty bad i Damn. think after because like of course with COVID and everything the stores closed and then everybody started calling into us. We were racking money like crazy. Yeah. But the fun only lasts as long as it does because we you don't have eventually, products. Yeah. So we, we ran yeah. out of stuff. So it was like,
0: damn, was that's, bad. that's wild. I went in the other day because I was looking at some CDJs just to check them out for a gig. Like I didn't, I literally just went there to, to rent, to or? fuck around with them. No, just to see how they are. They probably and, weren't in store. And they they had a rental, but they didn't have them in the store. Yep. And I was like, "Do you mind if I just like check them out real quick?" And they, he was he was cool said, about
1: it. Oh, they were cool with it. He was
0: cool about it. He wasn't very busy, and um, but he was saying that like the CDJs were just have been like hard, hard to get and hard to sell because they don't have an inventory for it. So yeah, yeah, Pioneer. dude everything affected affected us
1: of course obviously the pandemic but man when i was just like trying to be producing music at home while i was like quarantined and whatnot and then like trying to be like well all right uh this music shit like i love doing it and like i don't want to like slave myself to it as like a turning a hobby into like a full-time i mean i i still want to do that but like when this was, like, back when there was no vaccines, no light of hope or anything. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, all right, well, what the hell is the touring DJ music industry going to be? And, like, producing music, I guess, is just kind of the only avenue to go. Uh, but it really kind of, like, pushed me to, like, challenge myself to get into sales, become more sociable and yeah, get outside of my box and kind of be the... Goofy goober that I am today.
0: <laughs> I know that you also. I mean, like, kind of a slightly serious sense, but like on your Twitter, I was rum- rummaging through some tweets, and you were saying that, like, you know, it's just very difficult to, um you know, tour and. Make oh yeah, money and it's. I just crazy. saw there's like this show called Necropolis. My my friend were joking. I was about just that. about
1: to bring that up. Yeah, even yeah. as big of a show that was. Yeah they uh they pulled out because i don't presumably ticket sales yeah i
0: dude I, it's it's really interesting i like there was this mr carmack um wheat thin like something show by the lake that was supposed to be like i was like this is gonna be a banging concert canceled too canceled no nothing said about it we were me and my friend ryan we're gonna go see this concert uh 100 gex at radius oh, yeah, hundred and they canceled too you know all of these could be for different reasons because i'm sure 100 gex could sell a lot maybe not for radius though radius is a really big venue i don't know if you've heard it's like oh yeah it's a huge venue maybe that was the issue but yeah like this thing where it's like they just they're like yeah we're, we're just not gonna do it but there that happens more and more now than i've ever seen i mean it's
1: just pure you know <laughs>
0: Music industry capitalism
1: collapsing on itself because it was inherently an unstable model that everyone just brushed off and said, this is the only way. And now it's finally collapsing on itself after a pretty deep recession that we're in. So honestly, um, as much as it sucks to see a lot of these shows get canceled and all these artists, you know, having to scramble, I mean... yeah. This system has to go. It has to go. There's just no way Spotify streams as pennies to the... Not even pennies. Not even pennies. Yeah, like like fractions. Fractions of of pennies. Yeah. Like, there's just no way anybody can fucking sustain off of this unless you're, like, 0.05% in that echelon. Even that,
2: you're...
1: (laughs) You're living practically like how I am. Just... You know, just a scrub, you know, working a day job and getting some benefits from a corporate company. I mean, like, yeah, I'd rather just have a day job and make music on the side and go travel where I'm needed. Honestly, that's where I'm at, and I like it. Yeah. But like, the way that the music industry's ran, and I've worked for promoters here, and just seeing it like all collapse on itself because it's all based on what if numbers and. Plays on the internet isn't necessarily generating what you're trying
0: to do in your city. Like getting people in the door and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. But, like, also, too, it is a recession. People aren't spending like that. Like, me and my homies mostly are just, like, drink at the crib. Like, I don't
0: know. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I am in agreement with that. I'm not. I mean, I'm going to a lot of, like, random little shows. But that's the thing. That's the flip side. I'm not trying to be all doom and gloom here yeah
1: like here's the flip side and i think it's really great yeah this is probably an amazing time to the local to support local scenes support the community you're in and immediately in and upraising that as much as you can
0: yeah for sure i agree and also those shows are not as expensive no if you want to just go and hang out and whatever the beers aren't like extremely expensive upcharged you know
1: like i'm not out here trying to like pay crazy amounts for drinks just to see my homies play that's crazy like i'm there for the music anyways but like i don't know i, I for sure just going into like next year we're gonna see a lot of external factors affecting the music industry and i think my personal like focus on it is right now just make the music I already did shows this summer. I was super happy to kind of get that influence. Uh, I do want to try to get out to Europe next year. Ooh. Yeah.
0: Any cities in particular?
1: Uh, I'm trying to go to, like, for sure, London, play some <laughs> stuff out there. Fabric Live. <laughs> I wish. Bro. Uh, <laughs> but, like, I don't even know. If I don't even get to play any gigs, too, whatever. I just want to see, like, people that, like, I've known through the Internet these past couple of years that I've been doing garage with and like get to meet them in person and yeah. see what their life is like and what kind of inspires them. Yeah. Like, I mean, I get that here in Chicago and kind of like where house music started, but like, I want to see like for a person where yeah. like the garage scene is because it's very vibrant out there.
0: You know it's nice to hear you say that like you know i'm i'm out there for the music i'm out there you know to meet the people behind it and i also saw that you said something about like why does everything have to be so transactional yeah you
1: know? that's that's the thing it's like, like i already Yo, work you you a day job like that's follow. very transactional yeah but like still when i'm in that position i uh, do what i can to be like a real human like for i think that's one of the big things that like as a generation right now we're so fast paced to being in this technological yeah. space that we almost miss out on actual human interaction which is why discord and everything has been such a blessing these past couple years honestly
0: for sure yeah no i mean
2: it is a weird time yo how's how's the moving week been keeper <laughs>
0: <laughs> welcome kai you know, Hi, Kai's Kai. been on the podcast. A, a few, this is a third time, so welcome, <laughs> welcome back. Becoming something
2: of like a, a kind of returning guest. Yeah, I know. like it that yeah. way. A I recurring
1: like it. theme.
0: So I prefer a motif. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Very nice. <laughs> um, let's also just do a quick background check. How do y'all know each other? Where do you want to begin? (laughs) Kiefer, you knew knew
2: we were going to have to tell this story. At some point. Yes. I told Jerry this story last time I was over, and we were just, like, hacking a dart on the deck, (laughs) and I think I kind of, like, just gave Jerry this, like, sort of, like, post-mortem of home planet and Ionic and how we kind of just live in the world of the butterfly effect, but since this is your podcast, I feel like you should definitely tee us up, and then I can kind of jump in.
0: So, from what I remember, Indiana is a big part of it. No, yes, right. It is definitely okay. And was it college or like it was,
1: it was my college at least.
0: Yeah, I was in senior
2: year of college, but like the story definitely extends like past graduation for me. And then <laughs> Kiefer, Kiefer is like still in college at this point, too. Back in the day, it actually this is sort of like a flash forward, but like I met Kiefer without realizing it was him. I had one of those like, wait, is that that guy? But I didn't end up going over to him and talking to him. And that was at, that was at Ball State University. Hmm. Chirp, chirp. Chirp, chirp.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. That's funny. Okay. All right, cool. Just wanted to get that out of the way. Get that little background check going. So you guys have known each other for,
2: you know. I feel like I want to say I've known of him for a long time and then I've known him for like two and a half years now at this point right that's not right yeah that's yeah. about
1: right because uh yeah when you were when you were at ball state that time I think that was yeah because I was president uh, of EDMC at the time mm. so yeah um that was definitely like probably 2018 2019
2: Okay. Probably around that time frame. It's definitely the before times. My you know, uh, project file of BC whips is just the before times.
0: <laughs> it's all just like cavern sounds yeah, yeah. and like cavern sounds, just like straight up drums. The entire
2: soundtrack of Land Before Time.
0: Dude, that would be so hard. I but
2: worship that. I guess not to get off the rails here. Like, did you guys already talk about the EDMC? And no, oh no, oh, no. yeah. Damn. Let's talk about. Okay,
0: that. yeah, you should talk about that. There's a lot to talk about.
1: Yeah. Um, so just to give the rundown, uh, EDMC was a music production club that I was president of for a term at Ball State University. Um, I initially played an EDMC show when I was just like going to community college in Indianapolis, and then like I, at that point I was kind of like figuring out what the hell is doing with my life because I wasn't trying to be at community college forever. Um, I then went to Ball State, and then I was like, yeah, I could have a pretty good leg in with, like, this production club and get to know the people there that are part of the club and mm. stuff like that, other than just being, like, some dude that, like, produces and plays gigs whenever they ask. Uh, but I got to a point where, like, yeah, we were running shows, we were booking artists, uh, we were having production meetups. That was about the time when Podducer uh, started, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh had a lot of cool people, a part of that. Uh, some that are still doing music, some that I've kind of fallen out of it, but, you know, um, definitely super happy that I was there at that time and we got to run some pretty sick shows, book some decent locals and um, kind of get the taste and the flavor of, like, being in the music industry before I, like, started like getting more
0: like on the internet with it and and booking stuff specifically though right like yeah organizing shows events yeah since it was... was like
2: a school club did you guys get money from ball state to like pay the booking fees and everything like i've always wanted to ask you that kind of
1: so initially when the club started it did have like sponsors and things like that but because of the venue that we mostly wanted to run stuff at and the way that like the school wanted to regulate shows, um, they were just like, not cool with us hosting it at a local bar venue. But like, what other option do we have other than playing like a seated room? i playing dance music at a seated room. Yeah. I mean, we did a few times, uh, like do some, like they had like a late night, thing that they would host like every Friday and have like games and activities we would sometimes like get some of our DJs to like get in and play some gigs for some money and stuff kind of give them that experience but it wasn't necessarily like our hosting that we had on it Hmm. but early when the club started there was a lot more school funding to it but towards the end we kind of just like did our own thing but still kept in mind of like having a student body and like keeping that kind of a network um at least as our pinnacle
0: for sure so are you still doing this or have you just kind of like taken the knowledge and moved with that
1: definitely taking the knowledge and moved with it and like just kind of putting it to my own music right now um but like yeah i i gave i gave because like in our constitution that we had written for it Mm. like presidents couldn't be like a senior damn college. you had a constitution well we had to have one for when we were like getting school sponsorship money so we had like an oh. actual written constitution for it Word. and that was one of the rules so by the time i became a senior i passed it off to uh one of my one of my homies noah and uh he ran it for the last year and then he also became a senior and graduated and I, at this point the club is dissolved and uh no longer a thing sadly
0: mm-hmm But it was good experience and, like, kind of just taught you, like.
1: Yeah, it was cool. Like, we we buddied up with, like, Purdue University. We buddied up with IU. Uh, We did shows in, like, southern Indiana, like Evansville. Uh, We did stuff in Lafayette. Like, we were, Mm. we did a lot of stuff. We did, like, uh, collabs with, like, the promoters in Indianapolis. It was, like, kind of our first footing to, like. Get a little bit of our influence and spread it
0: around. And Did you ever do anything with Sweater Disco, like a collab we, show with Home Planet? We didn't, but we did book Michael
1: uh, okay. for, uh, I want to say a couple events. We booked him a few times. Um, but yeah, he's always been a pleasure to have on there. Great guy, yeah.
0: Don't know him that well, but just like I can like, Amazing feel, human being. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, can feel that from him.
1: Michael Friel is like one of the real ones that we have here in the midwest
0: shout out word well (laughs) let's see do i have any more questions i think we basically covered all of them we started with glasses just to throw it back (laughs) yep that's why you got glasses on too you need the orange tint Damn, I'm just saying, I'm lacking here. Bro, I'll spray paint your glasses for is you. That spray paint. No, that's you won't be able to is see it. Is like some
2: some aftermarket thing I, you put on, or you just go to your eye doctor? You gotta give him shutter shades.
0: Bro, yeah, 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 yeah. Shutter, shutter, shades. shutter, shutter shades? Shutter Shades. That's what? how you see 2020, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do our wrap up question. Yeah. That is, you know, we talked about your, your first concert, but what was your favorite concert? The best concert you've been to, the most, like, goddamn, gosh darn. <laughs> um, and it like a, a lot of times the first concert is really important, but...
1: That's a problem. Another I really, one. I really like that one. Uh, another one. <laughs> I really like that one. I think yeah. as sort of kind of a rebuttal on that question, because definitely as far as performance-wise that, like, impacted me, for sure, was that Glow in the Dark tour. Just because I love N.E.R.D. and like to see frail play and like all like Chad Hugo and all of them play. It was really cool. Um, but honestly, the thing I really like going and like kind of motivates me to keep going to shows is just like discovering underground stuff. Like there's an mm. event series I'm about to put on here uh, called Club Plex in Indianapolis and they do like all these different kinds of like underground warehouse, like house techno breaks, like international kind of sounds and dance music. And they're doing it in my freaking backyard. And like, you know, we have like a few promoters out here that have been like cult cultivating the, the underground scene, like nap D and B as well in that category. Like they're the drum and bass promoters of Indianapolis. Mm. Uh, Shouts out to Courtney and uh, Pete and all them. Um, But yeah, like Club Plex, man, like that was like of all like the big production budget shows that I've been to because I've been to like a bunch. But there's just something about like scouring out a warehouse, setting up some minimal lighting and just banging some dope ass fucking tunes. Like it it doesn't match these corporatized bullshit events that happen. Like it's just unparalleled. Yeah, compared
0: to that, there's something like grassroots about it, or maybe the grassroots isn't the best word, but just like it just doesn't have all that nonsense.
1: Yeah, it's not like I'm over here trying to figure out how much coat check is going to be totaled into my freaking visit to this place that I'm probably only going to yeah. go to a few times. Yo, like, just
0: throw it behind the bar, <laughs> type <laughs> like, shit. Yeah,
1: but it's like I don't know. I I just feel there's so much more culture and value to it. Like even the tattoos on me, like came from an artist that like was doing shit at a club plex event and Mm -hmm. like that's on me for life hell yeah like that's that's that kind of shit that like means the most to me i agree
0: i completely agree like not to
1: take away from big concerts and events that i've been to like i've been to some like pretty cool stuff but like the ones that really stick with me are like the underground shows first of many tracks that i've made since living up here um but yeah i just like started it and i was like all right i blink and it's like 12 1 a.m and i'm like okay i forgot to shower and <laughs> dude that's eaten. forgot
0: to be a human today <laughs> i forgot to live dude that shit happens so much you're like oh fuck i Did like ever didn't eat look in
2: the mirror and like forget your name after ableton sometimes no (laughs) or
0: or your daw i don't know maybe i'm like maybe there's like a bug in kai os or something like back it's like that meme where it's like a production session it's just like the back fucked up meme and the back is real "Ah." but i feel like if i have a good session i'll like forget
2: that i'm a person yeah like i'll be like oh crap like i actually exist outside of my daw
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah yeah like you got you got sucked in I'll
2: you
1: be real. real. I, I I once missed out on a date because I was stuck in a session.
0: <laughs> it's like, bro, I can't leave. Well, but did I, you you forgot? You were just like, well, or I was kind
1: of like fifty fifty on it. I was like, eh, I'm gonna work <laughs> on this track. And then like nine o'clock rolled around. I looked at my phone. I had several missed texts, and I'm like,
0: we're gonna go to the grave Eat. with this one and finish this track. <laughs> That's the, the most, I'm out. That's the most producer thing I think I've ever heard mm. on this podcast. Miss the date for production. Oops. <laughs> you might have just like missed the, the date to hit release date. Yeah, dude. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: my priorities are in check, guys. Come on now.
0: No, thank you. We uh honor <laughs> your service. <laughs> Try Ooh. my best. Modello's up. Modello's. Hey! I do like a good modello. All right, guys i don't know it's been a while like we've been gone for a while thank you for listening keeper yeah thank Guy. you for Go having me Alex. on thank you for having me on <laughs> yeah thank you for like <laughs> posting, like coming <laughs> thank in thank
2: you thank you for allowing me to hijack your podcast no and sit in your chair and grill about things
0: yes it's appreciated all right peace peace